0: Celtics Stuff Live.
1: Welcome to Celtics Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm your host, Justin Poulin. Joining me, as always, John Duke and... Two more wins in the books, John. An opening night comes up next Wednesday. I bet we'll have one more show before the opening night against the Philadelphia 76ers. Steve Bulpette, since we last met, had an article quoting Al Horford and uh, maybe some of the contributing factors to why he moved on and went to Philly. It almost sounded like he was unaware of the fact that the Celtics did have an opportunity to potentially resign. But at the end of the day, I think that's probably just making it a little bit softer out of respect to Boston. At the end of the day, it was about the money. But we could talk about that a little bit during the show. We're definitely going to be talking about Jalen Brown and his handle because while it was a little sloppy in game one, all of a sudden it's looking really nice in the last couple of games. Great passes out of the post, drive and dish, little wraparound passes, lots of handle. I mean, really Very, very exciting. If we see more of this Jalen Brown the entire season, and I understand that the opponents weren't necessarily super high quality, if we continue to see this, it's going to be very good. And at the end, the the other thing I want to make a point about with the handle is I'm not sure the quality of the opponent really matters in this scenario. I think just having the handle or not having the handle has really been Jalen Brown's maybe struggle before this. I'm not sure it was a defensive thing. It was just losing control as he was attacking the rim and not knowing what he was going to do with the ball. That really has not been evident in the last two games. And the other thing I want to make sure we talk about is who isn't behind Carson Edwards and Tremont Waters. Holy moly, <laughs> are they fun to watch.
0: Right, John? Holy, it's a lot there, man, but I, I like everything <laughs> you're laying out. I mean... And, and, I, and I would also probably add to that, just as we talked about the first time, is that Jason Tatum is still putting his head down and going to the basket, too. So all good stuff around. But to jump off of what you just said, I think what I'm impressed with with Jalen is the left hand, the use of the left hand. I mean, it was all right, 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 right. Finishing with the left, looking to finish with the left. Uh, you know it's funny a, a year ago you could tell a lot of these guys they took the summer they went and worked on the things that they thought that they needed to do they brought it back and it all none of the pieces fit whereas we're three preseason games into this season and immediately forget about how everyone's interacting and how they're all getting along which is huge but just how the pieces of what these guys have added to their games and have made the whole team a much more uh, a potent and and uh, and quite frankly flammable force um, I think it's it's such a great sign going forward and then you add on top of that the chemistry and you know you saw them probably one I think it was one of tacos dunks and like Kemba's hanging on and there you know kemba and, and Marcus smart are getting dog dog brothers uh, I mean it, there's just so much good stuff going on right now the camaraderie it's, right it's there's amazing. another
1: article. Another article that was out there was about how they're really focused on the chemistry and the camaraderie and rooting for each other. And an interesting thought occurred to me after the game against Magic, which was Kemba Walker was out. And how the first game went, so Kemba Walker is out, and all of this is all this ball movement, smartest playmaking, and Gordon Hayward is playmaking, and I'm thinking to myself, and the, to this huge lead. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe the ball-dominant point guard is just not a fit for the Brads Stevens team, even though it seems like it's like his thing, right? Like, he's had a ball-dominant point guard who's, you know, carried the offense since he started winning when Isaiah Thomas arrived. And before that, it was a struggle, right? So I started to think, well, maybe, maybe it really doesn't work that way. It's just we've accumulated enough talent now, and he who should not be named he who shall not be named is out of the equation. Did we really need a blocker? And then, of course, Kemba comes back for the game against Cleveland. And that some ball movement, that crisp passing, that unselfishness, that finding the mismatch, that up tempo offense and dogged defense. Everything that we wanted to see last season comes out a second game with Kemba on the floor and Kemba being unselfish. And I thought to myself, nope, nope. That was, a, that was just coming off of that very first kind of ugly game against the Hornets. And then we don't have Kemba, and the team is showing all of that, but Kemba comes back, and they're still showing it. And it makes the first game an oddity, and it says that this camaraderie, this chemistry, and this Brad Stevens-style offense that we wanted to see all last year is 100%. And that Kemba is bought in in a way that he who shall not be named could never have been bought in.
0: That's right. No, I, and look at the style of play that they played with. I mean, the opponents different in all three. Arguably the the magic obviously are the toughest I would say of the three teams that they've played. But not that night. <laughs> well, <laughs> not that. But, but well, well, yeah, I don't know. But but you look at those teams and the Celtic teams, I mean, Every night, it was the same. It was the same type of effort. I mean, you, you oh, know, yeah. some people are gonna make shots, miss shots. I mean, that that stuff happens. But it wasn't such a such a situation which you saw last year where <laughs> you'd play Edwards one way. A
1: shot, well, <laughs> I, I God, don't
0: know. Dude. But man, it's on fire. But style of play is important. And last year, the style of play varied dramatically. Who the point guard was. That's not the case here you know there this is the team's effort uh, 1 to 15 1 to 17 and um, you know Carson Edwards you want know, to jump into him i mean the kid he's a bucket he's he just that run in the third quarter was just like wow this guy I mean, the whole preseason all summer league he's a- But, man, is he fun to watch.
1: This will translate. This will translate. There's no doubt it's going to translate as a guard coming off the bench. He is instant offense. The confidence is ridiculous. He is so out there, and it will not matter who else is on the floor. It's just not part. It's not. Not a factor in his game. I realize that there are moments when he's out there against other teams, you know, second units and even third units, and I, I get that he could be capitalizing on that. But that's not it. He knows how to use the screen. He knows how to use the pick. He knows how to get open. He's great off the ball. He still has some really good on ball like uh, playmaking. He's done. Which, for somebody who's such a spark plug from a shooting standpoint, you wouldn't expect him to be able to make some of the plays that he's made to contribute to the offense and be unselfish as well. You almost think he would be that black hole who's constantly shooting, especially when he's never missing. I mean, he, he's, he literally is almost never missing. He's been so hot. Mm-hmm. But he's also, for an undersized-ish guy, extremely strong. So you know, yes, there's going to be mismatches if they get in a switch on one of the picks. But outside of that, if different and whatever. I think that perimeter defense, and you know how I this, he wants to get on the ball and up in their mug quickly. He wants to stall that offense out on the perimeter and not give them a lot of room to shoot. That's something that Carson Edwards is capable of doing defensively. And then at the same time on offense, I mean, he's not going to be the first option. He's going, to get him, he's going to get himself open, and he's going to be able to get a shot. I think for lead guard, no, he's never going to be a lead guard. But as a, a third slash fourth maybe option, he's going to find ways to get open, and he just missed.
0: Oh, his face I I don't know if he, you know, I I don't know if he can't be a lead guard. I mean, I. But I think right now his skill set is really down that road of being the, the the hot shooter you know I, it seems Excellent. like you know what i mean totally. like I, I don't think it's it's necessarily a situation where you know, he could grow into that and, and become more of a playmaker but the beautiful part about where the Celtics are right now is that they don't need that they just need him to go out there and get buckets right and 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 they've got a chance think about, about how much
1: they didn't have any offense on the second unit in past years sure
0: and so you're and not uh, score well, and and to the point that we talked about in the in the first after the first game, I noticed the rotations changed a little bit at least in, in through the th- first three quarters, uh, but really the first two quarters, where Brad always had, uh, seemingly he had one of either Tatum or or Hayward in with Brown, and it did it didn't uh, put them in a, in a bad spot per se, but it really, al- I think it allowed the playmaking to keep going, but also to get enough space. Uh, so, you know, Jalen had those driving lanes. that could keep doing what he's doing. They were taking, I felt too, too much of a step back um, by putting everything in the hands of Marcus smart and S. Cantor and Jalen Brown, that first game since then, and particularly we saw here at game three, a much more fully throated effort of what this I think this Celtics rotation is gonna look like and give everyone the chance to shine, which is I think really important for these guys' development, but also for this team Um, this individually they need to feel that. And I think that was part of that that ceiling they were bumping in their head up against.
1: Well instead of
0: separating them instead of
1: separating them and trying to compartmentalize their contributions They now are saying you three are going to be on the floor a lot together, and so the two of them on the floor at a time have that continuous chemistry, right? So you – To your point, yes, instead of Brown being isolated, but also the fact that Hayward, Brown, and Tatum are in the starting lineup. So why not have two of them in at any given time? I mean, obviously, when we get into the second half of these preseason games, we start to see more semi-osierly, and they go a little bit deeper into the bench. But in that first half, when you're really getting a glimpse at what the regular season rotations may be looking like, that's a perfect example of let's keep two of these three guys together because we want them to continue to be able to play off of each other in whatever machination. And I think it was Tatum that they talked to about it, but it might have been Hayward. But they said that like, look, we're, the three of us are learning better how to play together because we're going to be spending a lot of time on the floor together. And I, it doesn't make any sense to have Jalen spending a ton of minutes learning how to play himself and then trying to integrate and starting. Lineup. What is the out know, of a game that is supposed to do because the rest of the game, he's going to be on his own. You might as well bring him off the bench in that scenario and start Marcus Smart. So if you're not going to do that, and I agree they shouldn't because it's the switchability that's going to mask the lack of a true interior defender on this team, those three should be out there as much as possible together
0: in their rotations. Yeah, and, and I think Tice, we should talk about Tice because Tice has been huge, particularly you know in, in the second game and the third Everybody's game. Everybody's branding into you know, the
1: starting center goal already.
0: Yeah, and I, I maybe that's true. I, you know, look, I think that's it seems to be working, and I think he's he he gonna. I think Brad's gonna ride the hot hand the whole year, you know. <laughs> hoping someone's hand is hot, you know. Ennis uh, defensively has been in as much of an issue as expected. He's
1: such a bench guys,
0: guy. He is such a Yeah. Guy. He's perfect for the bench. The question is, what's gonna happen on opening night? You know, can they afford to 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 play Tice opening night when Tice has gotten absolutely uh, destroyed uh, in past years uh, going up against Embiid? So it, you know, that may be the test of that. And Brad said it tonight, or said it Saturday, Sunday in the post game. You know, he said, "Look, we're going to do this game by game." So, you know, I, I think perhaps Tice may get the edge in terms of most starts, but but certainly. Uh, you're, they're gonna see a, a, a rotating cast of characters in there, but I'm not sure if anyone has missed a shot. Um, as uh, with <laughs> with Cantor guarding them, you know, like he'll all of a sudden. I mean, every time if you're driving to the hole, if you're shooting over the top of him from three, he's closing out. Whatever it is, every single time I see <laughs> and this Cantor guarding someone and they're shooting, that ball is going in. You know, it's hilarious to me, uh, but it won't be as hilarious when these games count. So that will be a bit of a bummer. Uh, you no, know, we need to avoid that if we can. But it seems like over and over and over again that that's exactly what's happening. You know, that he's giving up these shots. Um, I think I think Tyce has that flow. He knows where he's doing. He knows what Brad was expecting of him. Um, I just don't know if the Celtics are in a spot right now where I mean, I'd like it for me, Time Lord. I thought Time Lord, Game three was certainly his best game. Uh, I thought defensively he was in the right spot more times than he wasn't. Uh, but it's, it's really going to be a challenge, I think, for the Celtics to be able to figure out um, you know, some nights where they need some guys with heft. And uh, he's, Time Lord is that guy, I think, it, you know, is, is, is going to struggle in those situations. He's yeah, the guy heft I see not his game. Out.
1: Yeah, that yeah. is not his game. And and I'm not really all that impressed with Poyer or whatever. He's kind of been meh. But um the I guess occasionally they're gonna need somebody who is a little bit more of a traditional center back to the basket kind of guy, et cetera. But um one thing I do think is you had mentioned Tice kind of fitting into that role and riding the hot hand and I completely agree and I definitely think Williams is going to get minutes like you said game three was his best game he looked really strong he definitely altered a lot of shots and that was on full display and he's had some good passes like everything that we heard about him being committed to moving the ball I think that's all very much in play so I'm excited about that but Cantor's coming off the bench in my opinion I do like though that the second chance opportunities, you've already seen that. And he, that's why he's such, such a good fit coming off the bench is like we said before, if Carson Edwards, isn't the one taking the shot and not missing ever, <laughs> if that's the case, Um, and somebody else is shooting and they get a miss, what I love about Cantor is that second-chance opportunity. And I think we talked about this even before the season started, was just offensive rebounding would be so nice to see with this club. And so if he gobbles those up and gives them second chance and they just stay even on that second unit, I'll take it. Because I think that first unit... Regardless of the matchup at center, is going to be so aggressive with on the ball pressure and oh. defensively and then so good with the ball movement and finding the open man, and especially I think we're going to get more and more out in transition. We're going to see much more up tempo attacking as the season goes on, too, that I think they're going to be able to stake themselves to some good leads with that starting lineup and I think Marcus Smart coming off the bench at least for a certain amount of time and being able to lay down some defense on the second unit and gobbling up some offensive rebounds, I think if the bare minimum, they're going to be able to stay even on that second unit. And that's more than we can say for almost every year that has gone on. We've had some really good starting lineups that have been able to stake some leads, and they just keep watching them evaporate. If we can just get a second unit to break even on offense, defense, that would really lead to probably a good extra six to eight wins a season.
0: Yeah, I know. And, and that, that's very true. And I, and I think the defense, I think we're, we're going to, we're, we're going back to the Brad Stevens teams that we've been used to in that they're able to pull off games that no one else expects them to second half of a back-to-back, although there's not as many back-to-backs, you know, those schedule losses that we all, that most people run into. And uh, I think that what, we're going to see is that the everything prior to last year (laughs) is going to still be true. And it's, when we look at Brad's career, it's going to kind of go up, and then it's gonna dip, and then we're right back to where we were in terms of that same ascension. And everything we've seen from this team kind of leads us to believe that. And if this team can take that second round, take the you know that kind of those bench units, and, and all of them can play with that aggression that you were talking about in the, in the first step, kind of the starting group, I think they're gonna. I think they could be actually a top ten defense. I think I don't think that that's that's beyond reason. I don't know that they can play that way in There's the playoffs. Not enough. 'Cause they'll slow not down. Not enough
1: good scores for that not to be the case. Yeah. On a night in, night out basis, that's the area that might give them trouble defensively, but there's not enough good ones in the league for them not to climb into the top ten right. with the amount of switchability and effort that they're gonna have from this team. Agreed?
0: Oh absolutely. Couldn't agree more.
1: All right, follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live, as well as your hosts. I'm at CSL underscore Justin. John's at CSL underscore Duke. The entire CLNS media network at CLNS Media. Facebook.com slash CLNS fans and download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. And finally, the the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash CLNS Media for Celtic Stuff Live, the roundtable and high definition, full length locker room. interviews and the garden report with the first game of the season coming up next wednesday yes Football season in full swing. Get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, betonline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or professional ball. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser straight bet parlay or tease your way through the entire season. You can even bet on wild proposition bets and you could have made a lot of money if you'd guessed Jay Gruden as the first head coach to get canned. But, who will win the Dolphins game? Not the Dolphins. It was the Redskins. Get the fastest to market odds, updates, and payouts with our new sportsbook part, sports partners, betonline.ag. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, John, where are we going for the second half of the show? 20 minutes, Go.
0: Well I think we got to talk about uh, Al Horford's comments because I think they're very interesting personally uh, you know Al Horford told Steve bullpad had a chance to chat with him talked about you know his departure and why he left uh, saying a couple of points of note uh, I, th- I want to say the first one that I think was of note was that you know that if he had known Kemba was going to come he might have thought differently about the his desire to leave. You know, the timing is very important here, right? You know, Kyrie seemingly people are feeling like he's out the door. There's a secret suitor team who has apparently offered a big contract to Horford. The Celtics apparently themselves don't even know it. And then we find out, uh, I, I don't know if I think it was the night, uh, a night of, uh, or maybe the next day that Horford was going to Philly. Um, now, the timing was interesting because certainly before the deadline, we knew that Kemba and the Celtics had come to an agreement or were, were whatever whatever kind of language they were using. But so there was a time. Things were not on the dotted line where Al Horford could have said, you know, sorry, Philly, I know you're interested, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to return to Boston. And apparently there was an opportunity, Steve Pet further reports that the Celtics could have gotten a three-way a uh, sign trade deal to be able to get Kemba and keep Al Horford, but there was one problem. And what was that problem, Justin? <laughs> what was the uh, Al didn't want to be here. <laughs> I don't. Do you really think he
1: didn't want to be here, or do you just because the way that that whole thing went is it it, it definitely sounded like Kyrie soured him, right? And totally. so I and, totally. and I think that I, I, you I'm must not, not
0: be named, Justin. Oh you yes, must not be named. I swear.
1: Get it right. Well, who who told us? who Who's
0: listening right. to the show, John? Who's listening to the show? <laughs> well, Ennis Cantor was remarking about calling that player uh, the former number eleven. He must not be named. Now, maybe there's others out there. Maybe there's a lot of Harry Potter fans out. There. Maybe Cantor's a big Harry Potter fan. I don't know. But we've been. This is a, this is a thing of late for us. So. You know, Ennis, if you're listening, thank you. We'd love to have you on the show. Get, get into our DMs. We, we'll chat and uh, get you on the show sometime soon. Yeah, definitely. Would love to talk to him, no
1: doubt. And, uh, well, I don't know. You've been giving in some criticism on the show. So Absolutely. the fact that he would quote the show is actually, you know, that he's uh, pretty thick-skinned. Although, given his background, you could imagine that. So here's the deal. At the end of the day... Al Horford, I think, got soured and needed a fresh start, but it's all about the money, in my opinion. And I think he I think he kind of said, you know, nah, 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 nah. but if they had traded for like Kemba Walker midseason or something, and there had been some chemistry and some promise for this year, then maybe Al Horford would have taken a slight discount because he would have had reason for optimism. But for him to start all over and see what happens uh, with, with even Kemba Walker, no matter how much, Kemba's reputation precedes him, et cetera. You know, I think at the end of the day, at that point, more money made the difference for him. And that's really what it comes down to.
0: Well, I, the money, yeah, right. And, and, you know, the other question about the money with Horford is, do you even want to pay it? Should you want to pay it? If this team is ready. Not for, for years. Right, re- no, right. Not for years. They're ready made to contend this year if they have Al Horford. But where are they in three years if they're still paying Al Horford $30 million? Uh, that's a tougher tougher choice. You know, and sure, you don't have so to wait I'm time sure. until then.
1: But. I, I'm not sure. This is the one thing I'm going to say. I'm not sure that Al Horford doesn't hold them back based on how they want to play with this roster. Even this year. I'm not saying that Al Horford doesn't m- give you better chances at a championship. I'm not that stupid, and I'm not saying that. I'm saying based on how this team wants to play, and I know he's super unselfish, but this team could be super up-tempo, super up-tempo. And I'm not saying Al is slow and he wasn't willing to play up-tempo, but I'm not sure he's able to play up-tempo the way this team might be able to play up-tempo this year.
0: And I don't know Honestly. If I don't know if you saw uh, Marcus Smart's. I don't even say it's criticism, but just talking about how the Celtics will play differently this year, and said, you know, sometimes, you know, you know, we love Al, but sometimes you need a guy who's going to go in there and roll the rim and, and and throw down, you know, and and so Al was kind of responded to that and said, well, you know, Marcus knows I'm, I can do more than that, but I think there's some truth in that look, it's great to have somebody who's so flexible and so versatile and can do so many things. I would rather take that versus not have it. But when there's so many players who have abilities, you know, Gordon Haywards and, and you have a growing playmaking sense from a guy, like Jason Tatum, you know, you can't take advantage of that when your center is, you know, needs to make decisions and such a good decision maker. You can't grow if that guy's in your way. So, by removing Horford from the situation, those you know those guys will see their game grow, and you'll see more traditional post play. But even with that, uh, I think Horford's Horford did as much as he could while he was here. But the age thing is what gets me. You know, that's the hard one. I think Justin, that I can't get over is that the age and the and, and the money. You know, if he was on a declining That's salary. That's too much
1: to commit no with all problem. these young guys coming up for contracts. Exactly. We had talked about him doing a longer-term deal at a lower rate that would have made it more palatable so that they could have signed some of these younger guys over time and built it. And you're 100% right about that. But I, I seriously think, I'm not speaking off of two you know, subpar opponents in the preseason and going deep on the bench and the way that the game started, but I seriously think that they're... I said this last year, that the thing that drove me crazy about he who will not be named was the fact that that ball didn't move and it slowed down. And even when guys weren't shooting, that they didn't have an opportunity to shoot their way out of it because instead it would get stuck with a dominant ball handler. And I honestly have felt All along in the Brad Stevens era, that more shot attempts was good for them. That if they played an up-tempo, ball-pressure style of defense and got a little more west coast with it, that they were that his style of offense is built for that. It's interesting that he's mired in the Eastern conference, because I do think he's more suited for a West conference style of play. And I think that we could break the mold on this Eastern conference by playing that way. And so The more ball shot attempts that everybody gets, the more likely they are to shoot their way out of a funk, especially when the pressure's not on them. Even in the postseason, in that series against Milwaukee, as soon as all the pressure was on Kyrie and he didn't think that they were going to be able to do it, what happened to the ball? It didn't drop anymore even he lost his confidence and said that's eh, whatever it's time for to put this one in the books i'm going to leave boston i'm going to go do my thing with kd time to move on da, da da it's easy it's human nature people get that way and even during the middle of the season when you're not getting it done and you're struggling and we've seen it happen at the start of several seasons over the last 2 or 3 where players you just had a funk and weren't getting off to a hot start. And then all of a sudden, it just pulled the entire team down. And then all of a sudden, by January, it's like, will the Celtics find their way? Will they be able to? Well, the truth is, is if they played an tempo style, and I said this last year and the year before, in late November, early December, that I thought they should abandon the commitment to defense. Not completely, but stop worrying about it so much and just try to get the ball to go in so that they could get their attitude right and then refocus on defense. Do you remember me saying that?
0: I do. And I, do I think the that. way
1: that this team will play, they'll still have an emphasis on defense, but the moving the ball around, guys are going to be able to shoot their way out, and it's what we've said all along. It's not my night. I don't have it tonight. I think this team's going to be more willing to just let that guy go do the little things For that night, because the ball wasn't dropping, move on and get to the next night and their memories are going to be shorter. And thusly, they will be far more successful this year. I know I said, what, 48 wins this season. I thought they would get one less win than last year. But just based on the attitudes and, man, I'm so in tune with just, you know, camaraderie, chemistry, attitude. I think (laughs) attitude is everything. I've seen it. You've seen it. Totally. You, coach, you coach sports, and yeah. it's real. Mm-hmm. It is a very real thing. And you can say, oh, yeah, these guys are pros and they're above that. And then it's not true. Every single one of these guys is human. And if you've ever coached a team on any level, attitudes and positivity and energy and enthusiasm has everything to do with success. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they will climb into the 50s for win total.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I would say my my 50, uh, 53, I think, is where I went. I, I, You know, I was hoping that this would... I don't think I was expecting it to be this good and this real. You know, there's a lot of times... Everyone's, you know, everyone's lost 20 pounds and, you know, 85 pounds of muscle and they grew three inches at vertical height and, you know, they're
1: going to play defense.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, there's always that, you know, but remember the year uh, before two years ago, before, you know, Hayward got hurt and they had a really nice kind of they you knew going into that season that they had something they had some chemistry they had something that made that team special and of course in 5 minutes you know it all goes kaput but i think that's real i think those attitudes and that just that camaraderie it matters and you see it and you feel it and so you know teams that can as you said who can take that on the defensive end take that energy it, when you put effort into the defensive end and everyone has to give that effort, it seems to also then lead itself to the, everyone giving that same effort on the offensive end. I think too. When you have one guy who says, "Well, I'm not going to do that," and that pulls the defense down, and invariably it pulls the offense apart as well. So this year, where everyone's trying, everyone's doing what they they what they can. I think you know we had. Uh, Jason Tatum had nine rebounds in that game. He had four points, but he had nine rebounds. I don't I can't think of anything that I would think oh Tatum had a bad game. He was involved, he was doing what he could. He had that block of Jetty Osman, you know, kinda I mean that that's the type of play, you know, that makes you <laughs> special. Osman? Yeah. <laughs> what? Osman. What was he Osman? No, he's Osman. He's not like he's not like Marie
1: yes. Osmond. Yes, he is. He's like no, Osmond. He's not. No, he that's not. exactly how Gorman says it. He doesn't say Osmond. He says Osmond. He did block his ass.
0: He blocked him. It was beautiful. It, it was beautiful. And that's, you know, he, he was talking, Tatum was talking to Pop about how do I become special. And And Pop said, it's when you can do things that aren't scoring that make your team great. You know, things that Tim Duncan did all the time, you know, things that, that Mano did all the time. I mean, that's part of what made those Spurs team great is that not that those guys were stars and they scored 35 points a game. They were doing everything. And I think that that was a I think that might be a lesson that Tatum took in. You know, yes, people are bullying him about the, the the uh, the Kobe stuff, which I think is completely stupid. Why would you challenge? That is the, the stupidest narrative Don't get ever. into it, guys. But here's Just
1: the other change. thing. And then if you oh. read all the social media posts about it, but then you actually watch it in context, it's like he's not even bothered. But if you read the social media posts, oh. it's like it's like he was defensive, right? Did you notice that? The way that they position it is like he's defensive, like he's saying, no, 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 there was nothing with Kobe. No, you're interviewing him, and if you actually look at it, he's like, you're lucky he had a sense of humor with it, you friggin' idiots. You know what I mean? Like, it's a stupid line of questioning. The mid-range jump shot. Okay. I saw – I saw – Hayward take several mid-range jump shots in the last couple of games. Yeah. Everybody takes mid-range jump shots. Right. <laughs> well, wait a second. Hold on. Did you work with Kobe? I, look, right. just because he – it's just so dumb. The whole thing is like and, – and I will say this. If the media does to Tatum what they did to Kyrie, I will have a problem with that. I felt like Kyrie brought it on himself. But if this is the new kind of game and they play this game with Tatum, it it will sour me because it's just this this one's a mismark. You know, Kyrie brought it on himself, but Tatum has has done nothing to bring it on himself. That right there is just sensationalistic crap because it's Kobe and the Lakers. And granted, January 31st, I was. Super, super pissed on the train home on the down Easter back to Portland after we had MVP chance for Kobe because the Celtics had Paul Pierce out and they stunk up to high heaven and we hadn't traded for Ray Allen or Kevin Garnett yet and I get it 100% and I got no love for Kobe. But this line of questioning for a basketball player who didn't grow up in Boston, who got drafted by the Celtics, who grew up watching a player that he loved, like, get over it. This 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 one's a non story.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. It, it It's it's a non story, but it's got Kobe's name, which means every, it gets picked up, you know, and everyone talks about it worldwide. That's that's what it comes down to, I guess. But. It's too bad because it's really, it's really, um, it's really uh, unfortunate. It's not and cool to tatum. You're not gonna alienate to the guy. Exactly. You're gonna
1: alienate the guy. Right. And next year when we offer him an extension, and it's the one that we actually want to get done. He's gonna say no and take us to the off season. <laughs> Fortunately, we'll definitely match. Who knows what happens with Brown? He keeps playing like this. We'll probably match.
0: Well, and they and they did pick up his his uh, his option for for the next the following year. So uh, that happened today as well. Um, before we wrap, okay.
1: no, 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 I know where you want to go, but that is the
0: outtake. That's too long for it to be an outtake, isn't it? All right, all well, right. What do you want to do? Go ahead. We can we can make it as long as we want. It's a podcast. Well, where
1: are you going? Where are you going? Let's make sure we're
0: synced. There's only one answer, which is taco okay yeah exactly okay
1: we are this broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS media mobile app and don't forget to follow us on twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke our heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in and remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to taco fall on iTunes and Stitcher we'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to taco fall and for staff writer taco fall executive producer Larry H. Russell the founder of CLNS media
0: and Taco, Taco fall. In <laughs> <laughs> my
1: colors, John. Dude. Taco fall. Taco fall. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff
0: Live. Celtic Stuff Live. Yeah, Taco sorry, fall. Taco fall, <laughs> man,
1: dude. The mania is bananas, but. Now it really will be mania because he's got a two-way contract and that's where he's going to be. And you're going to be driving up the coast on a fairly frequent basis to watch him in a Red Claws uniform.
0: That's right. We call it, you know, he's going to be, there's just, I don't even know. Like the mania that like hits Boston. I mean, I can't even imagine what this is going to be like. They're going to sell out the Expo. They're going to have to move games to larger arenas to be able to house everybody. I, I'm just how I'm much so is clear. that a
1: factor in this?
0: Well, okay, so the Celtics bought, or they're under contract, I suppose, to purchase the team entirely. Until now, they've been still owned by local ownership, and the team, the Celtics, agreed to purchase the team outright from um, uh, from the family who had it, Bill Ryan, uh, of formerly of. People's Heritage Bank and then TD Bank and then they sold out and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, the family still owns it. The team wanted to buy up uh, the Red Claws, the Red team. And so that's – I don't think that's gone through fully yet. But the Celtics have been running the, the personnel operation there for a few years, I think, now. And, you know, they're fully integrated. Darren Ehrman is is going to be their their head coach, uh, who obviously has a lot of experience um, – Worked with Doc, worked on on the bench in uh, in Golden State. Famously had a big uh, run in with Mark Jackson, and part of that whole thing with Scalabrini. I mean, there's there's a whole bunch to that. But anyway, Celtics love the guy. i Have always loved the guy. Ainge loves the guy. Uh, good buddy with Scalabrini. and I think they're gonna get. A, I think he's up here. He's already being paid by New Orleans, so he just kind of did this on a lark, and so now he's gonna have a chance to work with a seven foot seven, or seven six, or seven five, depending upon which measurement you believe. Project, and also I would say some very cool stuff. Treymont Waters will be up there, and man, is that guy fun to watch. So a lot of reasons for people to come. come Still up that to hesitation move, but come down over and over. Me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, that doesn't be fun games in the, uh, the Portland expo. So easy. And didn't
1: he think throw a, a ch- nice lob to taco fall? Wasn't it waters in, in yeah. the last game that um, yeah. kind of lobbed it up. So they've already developed that little bit of chemistry there. It's just so weird to watch taco dunk it like on a lob. He's like, he's bunny jumping. He's like six inches off the ground and it, then just drops it in. It's really, it almost doesn't look like real basketball. It's, no. it's like, It's like taking one of those mini balls and being on an eight foot net and just going up there and just playing around, you know, even myself at five foot nine, it's like ridiculous, but um, it is fun to watch. I definitely, uh, I definitely think that he's probably worth the project. The player that gets cut out of this, you know, green or strews is kind of whatever to me. So if it puts people in the seats, And it potentially develops a player. I mean, he is 23 years old. It was funny when they kind of talked about it on the game broadcast the other night. And, you know, they're like, how old is he? And Tommy's like, "Eh, he's like 19. And and, it takes a couple of minutes. And Gorman's like, hmm. And he's like, yeah, he's 23 you know you think that there's not a lot of development now the angle that everybody's playing here is the fact that he didn't really get into basketball until he was 16 and came over stateside so he's only had seven years of basketball and you know he's got some work to do but he's got i think the attitude is another big factor you know Mm -hmm. it's not just the size but i think they probably figure that they can get something out of him but his learning curve is going to be it's going to have to be a incredibly fast at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, for him to really get a break, I mean, and I realize that if he constantly improves, that he will always have an opportunity at seven foot five. I get that, especially if he's a good player and he's a good guy on the bench and he helps with the chemistry, like anybody's going to take a flyer and add it. But for him to actually get legit, influential playing time, it's you know, all of that that he's going to be looking for. He's got about a three-year window to window to get really good. Not really good, but yeah. like good enough to be, you know, in the top eight rotation. Right. And, and right. if he doesn't do that in the next three years, he'll always have an end of the bench kind of, you know, thing where he's, you know, he's a novelty, and he might give you a couple of good minutes. But he's not going anywhere if in the next three years, you know, he can't be cracking an opportunity in the main rotation.
0: Yep. No, I think you're right. I mean, it's a one-year deal, this, this two-way situation. And, you know, this, is what, this is what we pretty much called for, or what I was looking for when, when this was all set up. I mean, you Struess was the, always the one that was kind of the, more of the questionable of the two-way guys. Uh, I kind of hope Tremont was, was going to be elevated. But to put Taco in that spot to be a two-way deal... Most of the time, he's in Maine, but he's still Celtic property. He's still able to, in terms of his contract, he's still able to 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 play with the team and take advantage of team facilities. But realistically, he's going to be in Boston, in Portland, and that's and just playing and playing and playing and getting positive reinforcement. The only thing I'd say is I don't think the G League has really get, gotten to the level it needs to to be as helpful to um, build teams. There's still far too much turnover on rosters. You know, you go you never know who's on rosters. They're just turning over constantly. and I don't think it's it's really the developmental tool that it needs to be. They've got to work on that as the league does. it's it's you know, I want it to be a lot more like double a baseball where you're building your young players and you're bringing them up through. It's kind of, uh, you know, I don't know, it's, it's it's not the CBA, it's better than that, but it's just, it, it needs more of that helping hand, that guiding hand, that development angle that I think baseball's done really well in terms of their minor league system. The basketball side needs to get there. And, and the Celtics, they've used some of their guys there in the past, but I wouldn't say they've had like the success, say that the Raptors have had, um, Milwaukee's used their... Um, Their G League team, uh, uh, certainly the the Warriors uh, as well. All of those teams have done really well in using their G League teams. I don't know that Boston has had as much success. Let's hope this is the the start of a new trend with that because at least they're going to be fun to watch.
1: Yeah, they definitely. Yeah. And and you know what? I'll I'll just echo as we wrap up here about the whole purpose of the G League and, you know, how you would like it to be a little bit more like, you know, minor league baseball. The thing that they do in minor league baseball is they only develop the young guys. If you become an older guy, you're out. And, And and if and I and I see why somebody who owns one of those franchises, especially if it's not the parent club. That's Mm -hmm. trying to make money. They want to put a quality winning product out on the floor. I think to get the transition that you're talking about, you need more full ownership from the Mm -hmm. parent club that's Mm -hmm. purposefully trying to develop players and also giving many of those players an opportunity to come up. Having said that, they may need to have a little bit more ownership over a deeper level of talent to accomplish what you're talking about. Because right now, so many of those guys that are sitting on the periphery of that bench aren't do have no are not controlled whatsoever by the parent club and the idea is that you're surrounding some of these young developing players with guys that are going to play the game the right way even though Mm -hmm. they don't have quite the level of athleticism to succeed in the NBA because they can't get their shot off or they can't quite shuffle and get lateral the way that they need to to stay in front of an NBA offensive player and those things end up being a detriment but as far as learning the fundamentals and being on the right spots on the floor, you're trying to surround them with those players. That could be the potential downside to doing what you're talking about. Too many people not knowing what they're doing at that level, that the few guys that you actually have a shot at bringing up and contributing at the parent club, don't ever learn the fundamentals because nobody's ever in the right place on the floor.
0: No, they're not. And you know, it's, it's, it becomes a very loose, arrangement when you go to these games you know i've gone on a number of these red claws games and it's just it's basketball but it just the level the intensity it it it, it comes and goes which i suppose is true at all levels i mean you see it from the dog days of of january and february where it's like oh is is, the, is it time for the all-star break yet you know there is there's certain parts of that but uh yeah i, th- I just i think it's we need control. There's a control. Add that third round of the draft or whatever it is. You need more players on the roster who can do that. And as you said, there's still NBA teams that don't have an affiliate. So there's a lot of work that the league still has to do before they can get there. But it, it just it, it needs to happen because that's going to be the best thing for the final product. And certainly if they do go back to 18-year-olds being allowed in the draft, that almost has to come with it um without question is that more robust
1: so maybe use of the you G maybe you maybe you expand the draft to 3 or no you just leave it they still pick people up but anybody who's signed to their first contract can be signed to up to 4 years And it doesn't matter where they play. You just have control over that player for four years. And if you keep them in the G League after year one and somebody else wants to offer them a fully guaranteed deal, Mm Mm-hmm at the parent level then at that point you have to make a choice to match kind of like what we see in restricted free agency mm-hmm. you have to make a choice to either match that and give them a fully guaranteed deal with the parent club or you relinquish their rights that might be the best way to do it that way you're because the the other issue with taking these 4 years deals with guys that are coming out on a rookie deal and stashing them in the G League for too long is you might be stifling players if you have a glut of talent and that yes. wouldn't be fair either, because these players they tend to develop very quickly if they're true stars, um, and or truly have a shot at a rotation. And after four years, they might not be able to get another job somewhere else. So there is an
0: issue to be considered here that way. That's true. I hadn't figured that. Yeah, you're right. It's there is there's more to it, but it and, and probably it comes in the new CBA has a big part in, in what what how they they shape that. I just. I hope they could spend more time on that and spend a little bit less about figuring out who's who's getting the bigger piece of the pie because it's important for the growth of the game you know and uh, they need to figure it out but I invite you all this is this is my clarion call to all you Celtics fans come up to Portland It's a great place you get great seats you are right near the action I mean it's it's a hell of a fun time and so it's if you didn't if you didn't need. If it wasn't for Taco Fall, but for any other reason, too, come on up. Because, hell, it's going to be a lot of fun this year.
1: So, John, why don't you organize a game with fans of Celtics Stuff Live to go watch Taco Fall? You can sit with John Duke.
0: <laughs> they wouldn't like that. <laughs> they wouldn't like that. Are I'm you not, kidding me? Of course they would. I am not fun to sit with at a game. I am. I am way too. Focused I don't believe that for a on. second. Oh no, no, no! I am. I'm locked in, man. I am. I'm not locked on, mind you. Uh, but I'm definitely focused on what's going on out
1: there. The podcast that shall not be named. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. The sunny. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Podcast that shall not be named. Oh. Poor I, was John. Poor I, know, John. I was just we having fun. We love you, fun. John.
1: First, first is all of his buddies ditch him, and then we start picking know. on him. It's that's just not, not even fair. That's
0: not nice. We'll 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 stay true. We're bros till the end. So you know, yes, because you know what we needed. We needed yet another. He Celtics does great
1: podcast. with posting oh. stuff, though. I, he does a good oh, job God. on his social media. Now oh. that he has the credentials, he's done a nice job.
0: Sure, sure. I'm just glad that we're getting another Celtics podcast out there. Thank God for that, because we need more. I se- might
1: start a second yeah. one with somebody else just for fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm gonna leave. Right. Uh, you know what? We're here, and
1: if you're still listening, John,
0: you're do it. You're,
1: you're
0: you're welcome. <laughs>